What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. something really weird is happening oh no not another week of this bullshit okay wait let me plug in the let me try the ethernet thing should we try this again wait have you not been plugged into the ethernet no oh for god's sakes we'll be back okay (laughs) all right we're back and uh wi-fi is all fucking figured out no you don't have to clap friday it's all good (laughs) Uh, yeah. So, um, so Hey, if you, if you're a patron, if you're not a patron and you want to see what all the kerfuffle looked like of us trying to figure that out, you can go to patreon.com slash turn me on cause it's all videotaped and it's, uh, we're releasing the video, uh, versions of our four plays, but, um, uh, let's, uh, let's try that again. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Let's have another crack at it this week. Shall we? Let's do it. Cool. Um, listen, 
I'm just going to, I'm going to get right to the fucking point here. This, this thing that has, that has, that, that we've gotten like a number of emails from about now is really, is really making me, it's, it's kind of driving me a bit crazy. Okay. We talked about it last week. We had mm-hmm. someone write in a while back about how they were thinking that they could potentially get an orgasm by fucking their ear with a Q-tip. Okay. That sounds wild mm-hmm. and kind of fun. And, and, okay. and in the, in the email that, that we read, it was like, you know, the, the person who wrote in was basically saying like, I, I, I do the Q-tip thing, but I can feel, I can feel tingles in my, in my, in my dingles when I jingle my ear. And so they were thinking, could I potentially, could I potentially have an orgasm by like, by this ear fucking going on? Right. And we were like, well, well we have no idea. And then they wrote us again, like, you know, months later. And this is what we talked about last week on the show. And they were like, you know, they moved on from, they, they, they haven't been doing the ear thing as much, but now when they scratch their vulva, they feel good like in their the ear. Right? The it's, left vulva. The left vulva and it goes right, it, there's like some ear pleasure going on. So it's like, what yeah. the fuck is going on, right? So we read, we read this last week. We get this email yesterday. This email comes in from somebody else. This is a different person now, okay? We get this email from uh, an anonymous source, okay? Um, here, one second, Brian. I'm going to bring you up on the on the, uh, on the old screen here. Uh, uh, I fucked it up. Here we go. And there we go. All right. So <clears throat> I get this anonymous email that says, Hello, Bridie and Jeremy. Happy New Year. So. Happy New Year. That's not what they wrote. No, no. Uh, oh, uh, the title of this is Eargasm, My Experience. Okay, so this is somebody else's experience. So, Happy New Year. So, I use a face massager when I have migraines. I don't know what that is. Maybe you can fill me in after. And the other day, I was using it on my temples. And it started to affect my ear. And I tell you, it felt exactly like the buildup to an orgasm. What? the fuck is going on people it was super fucking weird but like i get what the other listeners are saying it's also the same feeling i get when i put a finger in my ear to wiggle it around when it hurts so maybe just maybe there's something to the nerves in our genitals and the nerves in our ears responding to stimulus the same way in our brains keep up the good work and stay safe i believe that meant stay safe so listen Here's what I propose, Brad. I mean, we're, I'm putting it out there right now to our listeners because I know we have a fair we have a fair amount of listeners. Um, I don't know what our demographic is. I know that it's uh, you know it's probably a good mix of like people who are just love to be freaky, people who love to just like shoot the shit and hang out. Um, but like, I don't know what our like what our demo is like. Who you know? What do you guys do for a living? It's just like it's it's you know teacher. It's anything anybody. Regular people, the post, the, your, your postman listens to us. The te- your, 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 ch- your children's kindergarten teacher listens to us. I don't know how many doctors listen to us, but I do know this. We have a buttload of physicians. You name the type of physician. They listen to Sick Boy Podcast. <clears throat> if you're not familiar, this is the other podcast that I host. 
that currently is uh, being broadcast over CBC. I'm taking these emails to Sick Boy, and I'm putting it out there to our listeners over there to get to the bottom of what the fuck is going on with this eargasm stuff. I mean, there's obviously some sort of connection there, right? Because the scalp, it, there's so many nerve endings in the scalp, and your ear is like probably technically not part of your scalp, but it's it feels just as sensitive. I love doing it. Like I do this. I do I do that all the time. I take my finger, my pinky finger, and I ram it into my ear hole and I go like, you know, I don't know if you can hear this, but I go. Uh you hear that? I can't hear it. I can't hear it now. You can't hear it? Okay. Well No, I, but that's because I need to get my ears checked because I, I'm not hearing very well. Are you orgasming maybe, okay? Yeah. Can deaf people orgasm? Of course they can. Okay. Well, I'm trying to just, <laughs> hey, look, I'm throwing anything at the wall and seeing what sticks because I don't know what the fuck is going on here with this eargasm stuff. <clears throat> I had no idea. Here. I <clears throat> I had no idea that there was like some sort of connect between ears and uh, specifically, it seems, and uh, ears and, and gasms with people who own vaginas. Because we, because we ah. haven't, we haven't had any. We have. I mean, I, I can do that with my ear, and it feels good. But we haven't had anybody write in to be like, "Hey, when I do this, my dick gets real swollen." Like it's, it's yeah. all, it's, it's all been like vaginal stimulation based on ear, ear, yeah. ear fuckery. Right. It's fuck. It's driving me crazy. I've been googling it. Can't find a goddamn thing. You know, someone out there is like fant- fantasizing about like. Um, you know, having their ear hairs just gently stroked because that would for sure produce like nerve yeah, stuff. Yeah. So this or is so- like a penis in an ear. I've like yeah. Somebody's somebody's yeah. like oh, def- really there's definitely a lot about that. There's definitely people who fucked ears, ear holes mm-hmm. for sure. I, it's funny because like I've been thinking about these emails. And uh, I was having sex with uh, my partner uh, yesterday, and um, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, it's like still new relationship energy kind of thing. I'm still I'm still exploring like what are the buttons that uh, that you know, like Leah likes having pushed and like what feels good for her. But you know, like I, I'm I want to I want to know all the things. So I was like, maybe maybe I can like. I think it incorporates some of this eargasm stuff into our, into our sex life. And so like while, while we were having, <clears throat> while we were making passionate, passionate love, <clears throat> I, um, I started to, uh, I started to like focus on her ear with my mouth, which is not, not something it's, I've done that before. I, that's kind of like a, you're, you're fit when you're in missionary, it's like your, your face is right by the ear. So it's like, why not? Yeah. You might as not, well just not lick it or suck it or something. Yeah. Nibble on it. So, but I, I've never actually like put a, uh, I was like, I've never put a full earlobe in my mouth and, and started like, like sucking on it. And I started doing that in the middle of, uh, in the middle of sex. And there, I, I, it was like almost immediate. There was this like reaction of like, don't fucking do that. That fucking tickles way too much. Oh yeah. For this to be a thing. But the tickliness, I thought to myself, I wonder 
I don't know. I, I man, I, this is really plaguing my mind because then I then I then after we had sex, I was like, I wonder if you're more ticklish in your ears. If that means you're more sensitive in the ears and and like the nerves in the ears, and then it, is is that sensitivity linked to the brain, which links to the vulva? Like, it's fucking. I can't stop thinking about eargasms. Yeah, I wonder if there's something because you know, like if the neurons around. Like if the neurons for ear scratching are like right next to the neurons for like vaginal stimulation. Right. Is that how the brain then works? Maybe, Is that how it works? Well, actually, I mean, I don't know a ton, but our friend our friend uh Lisa, the neuroscientist, would know the answer to this. But um yeah, the brain creates a map of your body in it on it on the brain and it doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily shaped like a human body but Mm. different parts of the brain um are generally responsible for like i I think sensations in, in different parts of the body whoa i just i just i maybe i wasn't googling hard enough uh, but apparently, and I did know this, but the erogenous zones could lead to orgasm for some people if they're sensitive enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, erogenous zone orgasms are achieved exclusively through a lot of experimentation. You may be able to orgasm from kisses on your neck, teeth on your nipples. I know the nipples one. I know, I've, I know people that can orgasm from nipple play or fingers on the inside of your elbow. What the fuck? Fingers on the inside of your elbow. What the fuck does that mean? The eye of your elbow, right? There. The eye of your fingering in the eye of the elbow. Wow. The best way to find your erogenous zones is to use a feather or another light external object and take note of where you feel the most pleasure. Wow, man. Great. Fuck. That's a great idea. Okay. Okay, cool. Sure. Great idea. Very interesting. Still, I want to know. I want to know the like. I I, I want to know that I want to know the side guys. If you're out there, if you're listening, I'm going to do this on Sick Boy too. But if you're out there and you know anything about this, I want to know the science behind these Eargasms. these anecdotes that we're getting in email of people like almost coming from from Q-tipping their ears, which also so don't Q-tip an- ears. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. So basically what you want to know is the science of erogenous zones because I guess this so. is obviously an erogenous yeah. zone for her. Yeah, I guess so. For them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, how does that right? work? Like, yeah, how, yeah, yeah, I guess I guess that is. Yeah, yeah. Please hold. I need to write this down. Yeah, right, please. I'm writing um, it down. All right, cool. Well, that's uh let's we can move on from that. That's that's fun. I'm excited to I'm excited to figure this out and uh, to bring this to the world of CBC. <laughs> See if we can we figured out through that channel. Um, uh, but uh, there's another thing that I wanted to talk about, which got me really excited that you okay. put me on to Bridie. And it's, uh, I want, I kind of want to get your thoughts on this, but uh, there's a new Danish children's television show called John Dillerman, which translates to Do- John Wienerman. And it is a, it's a full on animated stop motion animation, animated children's television show. Um, Here, let's just, 
we're gonna watch the <gasps> we're gonna oh, watch fantastic. the intro to the show. If you're listening to this, you'll just hear a bunch of Danish singing. Um, but if you <laughs> if you want to see this, you can either Google it or join us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Can you do some descriptive uh, sure, sure. Yeah, sure. Voiceover? Um, yeah, why not? All right, here we go. So uh, you got this guy, John Dillerman, and he's going around town uh, doing good deeds for the folks in his town with his extremely long, magical penis. And this is not a joke. Uh, so again, John Dillermond, which, which translates to John Wienerman, has a magical penis that is capable of stretching great lengths, kind of like um, uh, Inspector Gadget's arm, arms, arm or arms. Good analogy. <clears throat> yeah. So it, 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 I mean, it seems that it has, it has like infinite length reach of extension and retraction on command. And so, you know, you might be, again, if you didn't watch the trailer there on, on our Patreon, you might be wondering like what kind of good deeds could a fully grown adult do with his magical penis? Well, in the episodes that I've watched, um, he uses his penis in like these really, um, uh, um, clever ways in order to, you know, achieve things throughout his day or to do good deeds. So for example, some kids lose their balloons in a tree. And so John, John, um, thinks, Hey, I got this magical penis. I can get those balloons out of the tree for these children. And so he, he like snakes his big long cock all the way up and grabs the balloons out of the tree, brings it down and gives it to the children. Or another thing was like, he was taking these dogs for a walk and they were being really bad, naughty dogs. And they, they were rowdy and they were kind of pulling him around. But while he was walking the dogs, he was trying to pick up something for his, for his Mima. And, uh, you know, it was like at a bakery and the dogs were, were too rowdy. He couldn't go into the bakery because he had the dogs in his hand and the dogs wanted to go to the, you know, to sniff and pee on the pole across the street, but he needed to go into the bakery. So what he did was he takes the leash with his long magical penis and is able to extend that thing, let it go, so the dogs can go play over by the pole, and he can walk into the bakery, grab the goods, and come out. So, like, you know, just clever ways to use your magical penis is basically what the show is about. One thing you haven't mentioned is that the what he's wearing looks like a, a like a nineteen. 19- 30s bathing costume or like a wrestler's no no uh, it, like a strong onesie? man it's like a strong, a strong man, man suit from like the, man from suit. the circus or something right like mm-hmm. and a, when it, his penis comes out it's also dressed yeah in the it's the same it's a continuation of the same sh- red and white stripes red and white stripes like uh where's waldo very where's waldo-esque yeah and uh it's it's made of some sort of magical spandex obviously because it just it just continuously stretches and keeps keeps the uh, the design of the stripes perfectly. So <clears throat> this is this is not a fucking joke. This is a legit show that has come out um, in uh, in Denmark. Denmark. It's a Dutch show. Is Denmark? Is that? It's a Dan- wow, It's a it's, da- it's a Danish show. Oh, it's a Danish show. Okay. 
Um, and there's, I mean, obviously there's some like controversy behind it. I haven't looked too much into the controversy because I don't fucking oh, care. Oh, can like, I please I love read it. you this? Yeah, can I sure. Please re- please. Read you yeah, this yeah. article because you won't be bringing it to CBC. CBC is well aware. CBC, oh yeah, no. CBC knows this shit. They yeah, they put in yeah. an article about this. January seventh. Um, okay, so the uh, the the headline is Danish kids show about man with magic penis is innocent and goofy, says TV critic. Uh, John Dillermand, which roughly translates to John Wienerman, is sparking controversy in Denmark. A children's TV show about a man whose unnaturally long and magic penis gets him into all sorts of trouble is very Danish and nothing to fret over, says a TV critic who watched every episode. The claymation show John Dillermand, which airs on the Danish public broadcaster, is aimed at children's ages four through eight. So far... It's proved popular, but according to The Guardian, it's also causing a stir in the country among those who think it's inappropriate for young people or that it sends a wrong message in the Me Too era. But Ida Rudd, a freelance film and TV critic, has seen every episode of John Dillermand and says it's just good, silly fun. Here is part of her conversation with As It Happened host Carol Off. I love Carol Off so much. Me too. How on so imagine her voice. I I cannot compare. How on earth does a TV show for preschoolers about a man who cannot control his magic penis <laughs> even get past the pitch stage? I think it's a very Danish way of making children television where there's kind of no rules as long as no one is getting hurt. And if it's silly, also, I mean, that's just the plus. People were just like, this is courageous and silly, so why not do it? I mean, it's totally innocent and goofy. And very Danish, as you say. It's very Danish. We're kind of laid back in some ways and also like to have like a dark sense of humor and also like to cause a bit of an uproar. So, of course, I don't think anyone is surprised that this show caused an outrage, but maybe the criticism that it was so huge was a bit of a surprise. And Karoloff says, and speaking of huge, this is the issue, right? <laughs> Do you not want me to continue? You were going no, to no, say no. something. No, no, no. No, keep going. Keep going. Can you describe this character? First of all, his name is John Dillermond, the character in the show, and this is a cartoon. What does that mean? And the TV critic says, like a childish term for penis with the man attached, so wiener man. So the name itself is enough to make children laugh because anytime you say wiener, it's funny. It is. It's funny every time. (laughs) He lives with his great-grandmother, who's this old, conservative, a bit scared lady. Like, put that away, John. You can't go showing your penis. You can't use that to pick apples. You can't use that to walk the dog. But the penis has a mind of its own. If you don't... um, if you don't understand the language and you just saw like a trailer for the show, I don't think you would know it was a penis. You would think it was a tail of some sort because it's just red and white stripes like his bathing suit. And it's just very long, slim tail. There's no scrotum. There's no pubic hair. There's nothing realistic about this penis. Yeah, there's it's no head. Short. Nothing like that. No. It's short and long and sometimes you can't see it. And it can pick the apples from the tree and pick up the neighbor if he's being a pain in the butt. Um, uh, oh, fuck. Carol Off says, but the penis gets him into trouble from time to time, doesn't it? She says, for instance, the penis wants an ice cream. And the great-grandmother says, no, you can't take an ice cream. And then they go to the zoo and it sees an ice cream truck and it steals an ice cream. And because of this, a lion gets out and chases the children around. And John is about to say, oh, I can't handle this. I'll just go away and leave it to someone else. But then he's like, no, 
I have to handle this. I have to take care of this problem. And then the penis is slapping the lion. So it goes back in. It goes on and on. I want to read the whole thing. It's so funny. She's, it sounds hilarious. Uh, yeah, I mean, if, if I, I would, I would suggest going to listen to the the interview uh, over oh, on the website. It, you know, Carol off so amazing, and and also this just sounds so funny. But the, what, one thing that I do want to say is that Danish humor, like it, it, it is, it is. Um, so there's this movie that I watched a, a number of years ago called Clown, but it's it's spelled K L O V N. And it's basically it's it's based off a television show that was a Danish television show called of the same name, and it's basically like da- uh, it's the Danish version of Curb Your Enthusiasm, essentially. Oh, uh, you know, a, like this uh, this sort of like uncouth um, character who's like in his he's like a you know just past middle age. Um, and, and like his, his like social inept, uh, abilities in his like social circle. And he's kind of an idiot and, you know, very much like, um, like Larry David, um, in Curb Your Enthusiasm. So like, if you like Curb Your Enthusiasm, you'll love this show, but the movie is fucking hilarious, but it's also really kind of like uncomfortable humor, you know? Um, and then, and also, uh, Lars von Trier, if anyone knows of Lars von Trier, the film director, you know, uh, super fucking dark shit. But if there's ever humor in his films, it's very uncomfortable, dark humor. So this seems very like in, it it makes a lot of sense. It kind of seems in line for, for what's, what the Danish are, are like. Um, which I, I don't know a whole lot about, but it's making me like, it's, it's inspiring me to, to do a little bit more digging into Danish, uh, film and television because I, because yeah. all of that stuff is right up my alley. I love Lars von Trier. I thought that movie clown was fucking hilarious. I mean, I've watched two full episodes of, of John Wienerman and it's, they're great. <laughs> I, and also it's not, I can't, I've, I've fucking scoured the internet cannot find it with english subtitles but you don't need it you don't need you just listen to them going like and you know but you don't you don't need to know what they're saying you can you it's so it's made for children so like you, you really pick up what's going on pretty easily um fuck it's so good though i love it anyway yeah yeah i think uh it's really nice to see things like that first of all on tv but then like to be talked about in the news here. Oh, so great. By, you know, it's just, yeah. it's lovely. And this is, so this is also something that we talked about on Sick Boy last week. This is, this show is making headlines in the same week that um, the headlines about Caillou, uh, Canadian television, kids television show, gets canceled. Uh, they're not renewing it for another season. And parents are rejoicing because how long has it been running? Uh, like twenty years, like a long no, yeah, yeah, twenty years. Yeah. Caillou, yeah. How um, and parents are that. fucking like parents took to Twitter and they were elated because everybody hates that evil whiny piece of shit kid. I think we need more John Dillerman. You know, wouldn't that be something? You actually, you should bring that to the CBC. <laughs> Let's see. 
what they yeah, say. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, hey, we're, we, uh, we are living in a time where, uh, yeah, I don't know. Problematic to have a, <laughs> a man walking around town using his penis to do good deeds. I don't think, I don't think it's, I mean, I, I get it. I get why some people don't appreciate the idea, but also it's pretty fucking great. Like you, you, ca- you got it. It's very silly and very fun. And, and, uh, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's got heart. It's got a lot of heart. It's got a lot you of You know, heart. in this article, um, it's, this is really interesting. Uh, uh, I just want to, I want to read this part. So, um, the host says, but this is not the first time Denmark's public broadcaster has made a show with controversial, has made a show with controversial children's show. Um, and she said, we have a guy called Uncle Reggie who likes to play heavy metal and who at some point encouraged children to become Satanists. And people were very offended by that as well. <laughs> and also with nudity, we have a show where grownups take their clothes off in front of children. I've seen this. Older than four to eight. But they bring school classes in and then. Yeah. And, and, they, then and they, it, people it, with maybe disfigurements or transgender yeah. or obese or something like that, they take off their clothes and the children are allowed to ask them anything they want. That I've, so I've watched, I've watched clips from that show. It's fucking fast. So that's Danish as well. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that show is amazing because they bring in these adults and they just get them naked. Right. And again, like, like that, that part of the world, like Europe is, a, <laughs> the, and, and Scandinavian countries, they all they they view nudity very differently than we do over here. Over here, we are so fucking ashamed of our bodies. Whereas, like, you go over to any Scandinavian country, you go to Germany, you go wherever. Like, you just you just fucking take your clothes off at the spa. You just get <laughs> naked in the in the public shower. Like, it's not a it's not this like weird, shameful, over like hypersexualized thing. Just yeah. a, just a, just a, just a naked body. Right. So this show, they, they take these grown adults, you know, maybe it's like a, maybe it's someone who is like, um, who is seen as like fairly overweight and they take their clothes off and they stand in front of a, a like all these school children and the children just like ask about the person's body parts. And it's like the idea behind the show is, is meant to stimulate, um, body positivity and, it's meant to stimulate curiosity about the human body and how all bodies are different and bodies comes in very different, very different shapes and, and sizes. And, uh, you know, some people are differently abled and their bodies look different from other people's. And so it's, it's, but again, you say that fucking idea here where it's like, all right, I got a kid show. All right. We're going to, it's think about, um, kids say the darndest things, but instead of having, <laughs> instead of having a, well, I won't go down that road. Instead of having a com- as some comedian talking to kids to try to get them to say silly things, we get these kids to stand in front of a naked adult and just have them <laughs> ask questions. Like that fucking, it, it would you never happen you, here. Well, you can't, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't think you can use kids say the darndest things as an example when you're trying to pitch that show because no yeah well that's i mean you, that that show the, the host of that show turned out to be just a vile evil human being so uh, yeah you that can't, was a bad that was a bad example it's, but you would but, never use that in a pitch but you, you but that fucking show is huge and people were like but yeah bill huge. cosby he's the best and it's like oh well guess what he wasn't the best he was actually awful um get, but kids bill, get best, bill out of there the and put the fucking kids the in and just get a naked human in front of them that's <laughs> television. Let's get this old 
Let's get this old rapist out of here. Just yeah. bring in any naked adult. Yeah, that's right. We'll be yeah. better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, that's I. I so yeah, John John Wienerman. Love, love to watch that show. I am obsessed with the the minds of kids when yeah. they're just completely. I'll find it. I'll, I I found it authentic. on Reddit not too long ago. I'll find it and send you the link. Okay, it's, cool. It's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty worth pretty worth our pretty worth it. Um. All right. Well, do you want to, uh, do you want to just, uh, oh, hey folks, listen, I'm just going to put this out there. We're, we're doing a live show. If you want to mm-hmm. attend, uh, we're doing a live show. How the f- oh, fuck? I should have, I should have prepped for this. Before online. We're doing a live show online, but, but how, how do we get people to, to go to it? Uh, go to True. our, if you want, if you want to attend our live show, uh, which I don't, I don't even know if I'm supposed to be saying this. It's a live show for Algonquin College, but I think they're opening it up to the public. And uh, so if you want to be a part love, of it. We'd love to have yeah. you there. Yeah, That'd if you want to be, be so a part fun. of it, go to our, uh, go to the link in our Instagram description. And that's where you can find your ticket. Because that's the only place I can think of where we will put a link. Oh, well, our website will be up for at least a year because yeah, we, we just paid for it. Oh, did we just pay for it? Yeah, we're <laughs> going to take our website down, too, because there's no fucking point in having a website. But we're also going to take our Instagram down. So where, where are we going to put these things? These are conversations yeah, we, we need to have. Yeah, we, we shouldn't be talking about this right now. Uh, Instagram is going to take <laughs> our Instagram down. But uh, yeah, so anyway, if you want to if you want to attend that live show, just um, uh, just Google, uh, Google it. Uh, or, no, no, go to our Instagram. We'll put, we'll it'll be there. A, yeah, we'll it'll put a there. link in there. Yeah, 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 yeah it'll, it'll be there. there. Or go to my personal Instagram. I'll put it in my link in my bio. Hey, well. when's the show? It is you didn't uh, say that part. Wednesday the uh, the 20th. So a week from today, a week from when this episode comes out. At so, yeah. uh, five at 6 p.m. Eastern. You don't know. Yeah, I think it's, it's like five 6 or 6 Eastern. Eastern. God, five we suck. Fuck. <laughs> Come <popular>. on down. <laughs> um, uh, listen, I speaking of cartoons, I yeah. am so flipping excited for you to listen to this conversation that we had with the ever so lovely a andrews um author and cartoonist uh specifically we talked about uh, a quick and easy guide to sex and disability which was a little uh, a little comic that a andrews uh, had written and illustrated it's fucking beautiful if you want to see what it looks like you can go to patreon.com slash on and watch this episode uh, Braddy's holding it up right there. Look at that. Looks great. Uh, a. Andrews did not only just make this, they, they have also made uh, comics that focus on uh, pronouns and, and other things that, uh, that relate to the uh, LGBTQ2 uh, plus community. So just a really great chat. Um, loved speaking to A, and I hope you enjoy this as much as we did because it was really fun. So uh, enjoy it, and we will see you on the other side. Here we go. Um, <clears throat> sitting down with A. Andrews. Um, 
I, which which I I've just said your your full name. I'm gonna just go by A. Uh, it, it just it rolls off the tongue so nicely just to just to say it say it all together. Um, alliteration. I do love myself some alliteration. Although it, I do love your web your website is heyandrews.com, mm-hmm. right? I thought I thought yeah. it was really sweet when I saw that. Um, go, go for it, Brad. Yeah, I'm you holding, got it right there. I'm holding your book in my hands. Are you doing a lot of speaking about this right now? Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of zoom in, a lot of zoom in about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's been kind of great sitting down with folks all over the place and, and talking about it. It's been really fun. Um, so the book just for everyone listening is called a quick and easy guide to sex and disability. And, uh, and it's, it's you know what it's actually the second one of this series the quick and easy guys that I've held in my hands and I'm so impressed with the fact that um the tone of the of the, there's something really cohesive about at least the the couple of of ones that I've seen about somehow you're all, all different artists and all different subjects but they're they're like I don't know like they're what's the word I'm looking for their aesthetic is very cohesive it looks like a set of sex ed books it's awesome yeah yeah I would say cohesive fits the bill um yeah there's some really great artists working working on it and um none of us have really worked in tandem it's just kind of turned out that way I think really good editing and direction from from our publisher so I I was checking out um uh uh I should have written this down um your um comics your your art with um what's it it's written right in the back of this book just today auto straddle is that is that uh is that where you kind of started your publishing experience yeah for sure so i i started with um publishing just some web comics on auto straddle some like slice of life about being like queer and disabled and it kind of took off from there is that what is that sort of the subject you've always um drawn about yeah, I think I think I use art a lot to kind of just like explore themes in my own in my life and in my story. And um, so I've I've always kind of used it to sort of navigate like all my various identities and I don't know, work out what's been going on. So um, Autostraddle was really cool. I had pitched like sort of a one off sort of comic, just like in a visual essay and they were like, do you think that you maybe have more in you to like kind of write about different topics, different themes? And then it kind of took off from there. And it's been something I've enjoyed. So I've kind of kept with it. What so this, What is Autostraddle? This is the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, Autostraddle is really cool. I, I think it's the largest um, queer, like independent queer uh, women's media site around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's. It's generally, um, it originally started as like a site for queer women and, and just like various, like, you know, there's everything from like essays to comics to fluff, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it's really expanded, you know, to be a little bit more inclusive of like the fuller queer narrative, which has been really cool as well. Mm. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. So, so, uh, a quick and easy guide to sex and disability uh, this, I, I'm, I mean, this really, uh, I was really excited when Bridie told me about, uh, about this, this comic and, 
and about the fact that we were going to sit down and talk to you uh, because like these two things, sex and disability are like two of my, two of my favorite things to explore with people um, as somebody who loves having sex and as somebody who lives with an invisible disability. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I want to know like, um, you know, what, what was the, what was the impetus? Like, what was the catalyst for you to decide to, um, to really like dig in and explore and try to educate folks, uh, around sex and disability, something that like is something that is obviously, uh, um, <clears throat> A topic that people who are not disabled and maybe pe- even people who are disabled get really awkward about and don't really know how to approach. And it kind of like it's it's so like, you know, my friend um, Andrew Gerza, who's who's a, you know, a, a, a friend of mine who lives with cerebral palsy, who also uh, talks a lot about sexuality. Like when when you see him talking to someone about him engaging in sex you can almost see the person like short circuit and and kind of malfunction because they're going but but how like how Mm -hmm. what's what how does this work so what was the like what was the catalyst for you to want to create this comic to to basically um in a really like fun and engaging way uh educate and explore the world of sex and disability it's a good question. I mean, I, I, I think it was a little bit of a lot of things. Um, I, I think for one, you know, there's the, the scary elements of just like, you know, when we don't talk about a thing, that thing can become really scary or have really, you know, problematic results. There's a lot mm. of abuse towards disabled people. Um, uh, there's a lot of sex abuse in the disability community and things like that. So, you know, on the the very dark end of things, um, there's that element to it that if we're not having these conversations, you know, uh, we're doing ourselves and the people that we love a disservice. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely like a very major part of it for me in being like, okay, this is like a really important conversation to have. Um, but beyond that, I think so many conversations with disabled folks is just like, it's so like medicalized and so technical. And so like, well, can you, can't you? And it's like very like ugly, you know, like it's, Mm. uh, let's look at this thing. Let's explore this like really fascinating thing. And, and people want to be fascinated by you, but they don't really want to know about like your humanity and like, you're just like general boring day to day yeah like oh yeah i have a sex life too that's like really exciting and sometimes boring and like you know like it's yeah i I wanted this yeah i just wanted this really um fun kind of conversational piece that doesn't like that doesn't have this like grand thesis on like why disabled people have sex but just like states definitively that it happens and that it can be like Mm. really fun (laughs) like Mm -hmm. you know like like any other sex book that exists, it just, I wanted it to be something where it's like, well, of course we have sex. So here are different ways that you can navigate that if you don't already know. Mm. Um, and so I kind of wanted to flip the script on it being super like technical and like, but how will I ever get over this hurdle and just like talk from, from the guys that if you have the, from the stance that if you have this information, um, then you're going to take with it and, and do what you can with it. Mm. Um, and I do think a little part of me, you know, I, I write things, um, 
I write things more because I want them to exist than because I want to like point at a person and tell them that they need to learn a thing really. Um, obviously in writing like an educational book, you're hoping that somebody gets something out of it. But mm. I think more than that, I just wanted it to like be on a shelf, you know, like where somebody that's having a hard time is walking past a shelf and is like, holy cow, this exists. This is wild, you know? Um, that was the most important part to me. Um, but yeah, of course, like, you know, I, I, I would love it if able-bodied p- people picked it up and were like, oh, you know, like, I do this thing with my partner. Maybe should, I should ask them if they feel good about that or, or mm. like if there's something I could be doing better. And I think that there's a lot more commonality between people than people really realize. So yeah, I think yeah, totally. you know, all of those things kind of intertwine to make it, make it a thing that I felt really good about doing. Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Are these like the subject matter here, you know, understanding sexuality when it comes to people living with disabilities and and like accessible sex? um, Are these are these things that you have um, like are these conversations that you've had time and time and time again throughout your life? And like what 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 are those experiences like for you? You know, like. I know that, um, you know, I, like, I know that, uh, you know, broaching the subject with someone about my cystic fibrosis, if they've never heard of cystic fibrosis and I, you know, I, I explain to them a couple of small tidbits, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes again, there's that, that almost reaction of like, you can see them kind of tighten up and clam up and get really awkward. Um, oh, yeah. 
Um, like, have you, I'm sure you've seen the full spectrum of like reaction when it comes to having those conversations with, with folks. Um, what has, what has your, like, what has, what's been A's history of, of exploring this topic with, with the people that you've surrounded yourself with? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, for, for me personally, definitely Rocky. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, yeah. you know, I, I think um, in in kind of starting on my like journey and having relationships with like other people, you know, that was sort of slow and all at once. Like I would imagine that a lot of, you know, I think that's a pretty universal feeling that, you know, like you build yourself up into like, I'm ready for relationships and intimacy. And then you're just like, whoa, and it's all there at once. Yeah. Um, I think there's definitely been a good mix of, of like, really like tough situations of being either uh, like rejected when you're being very vulnerable or um, people saying like, inappropriate or hurtful things you know I mean I I think that there's been the broad spectrum of that and then there's been on the other end of it kind of growing into my own and having people that want to have those conversations with me and like seeing what that feels like as well um I've definitely gotten a lot of the face the like aghast that you're telling me this terrible terrible sad thing about yourself yeah yeah Um, yeah right yeah (laughs) And I'm like, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Um, uh, so, you know, like there's, there's been a full spectrum of that. Mm -hmm. It kind of depends, you know, on, on who the person is, where they're at in their life and their communication styles and skills. Um, it's been a lot of learning to realize, like, I think what I deserve from other people. Um, and and, has, has that, has have those experiences, um, like I'm, I'm one of the questions that often comes up in our podcast <clears throat> um, with guests is like, what was your like, what was your sexual debut? You know, what I, I, instead of saying, like, how did you learn your virginity and what was that experience like? It's like, what what was fuck the term virginity? Like, what was your what was your debut to the world of, of like of becoming a sexual being? And for you, like, especially with with the the subject that we're talking about like how much of your disability played into that or didn't um or like had a a positive or or perhaps negative effect on your your sexual debut yeah well my debut was definitely messy (laughs) i think you know i um my day i i think that i came into being like a sexual person in realizing that i was queer for one um and that was very scary to me. I didn't really know how to talk to anyone about that. Um, Mostly because like the concept of talking about sex at all with anybody was going to be really awkward and uncomfortable for me. Um, Just based on the people I had in my life and and Mm. the, the general support around my disability was very kind of strange. You know, I didn't have a a ton of support um, that felt really all that comfortable. Um, And so you know, really in, in kind of realizing that I was queer and, and kind of even rejecting that at first, I erred on the side of like really wanting to achieve some kind of quote unquote normalcy. Um, and to like, kind of prove myself that like, I'm, I'm not gonna have to be a person that like makes you, um, 
you don't need to worry about me. There was this like strong desire to be like as like put together and ready as possible. Um, I think for me, like uh, having needs at all was always felt like very extra. I think disabled people are kind of taught that when they need things, um, those are like special kinds of needs. Those are needs that are like an additional ask. Um, and we're not really taught that just like everybody has varying needs and and we all need certain elements of care in our in our relationships and our experiences with other people. And so I think um, in thinking about like if I thought too much about things that I really probably needed at the time, it would have felt like too much to ask of another person. Like I didn't want anybody right. to have to deal with my extra stuff. Um, which is like, but, like, was that like a feeling sad. of like being like a, like a burden? Like you were, you felt like oh, a burden. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Like, and just very, you know, problematic and sad, you know, I mean, it's mm -hmm. uh, clearly, it's like a lot of internalized ableism. A lot of, I didn't know a lot about sex. I, um, yeah, there was just no communication around it. And I erred on the side of just like acting like I knew what I was doing all the time. And um, what a fucked up situation. Like, like, I mean, yeah. like, like we like we've we've talked to so many people about the hardships of of trying to navigate um, coming to terms with your with your sexuality. And, you know, like. Like it's one thing, it's one fucking issue to try to find the way to, you know, for, for a lot of people to come out as queer or to even accept the fact that they, they are queer, especially depending on where, you, you know, where you live and, and who, who you surround yourself with. But then like fucking layer a disability on top of that and, and the, the, enti the entire Pandora's box that is sexuality as a disabled person like shit <laughs> that is that is a that is um yeah that's tough like that's a lot that's a lot there's a lot of layers to to kind of like try to dig yourself out from there it sounds like yeah I think I was I think early on I had so much like internalized stuff that it was like um I didn't really want my disability to be like in the bedroom with me. I didn't really want like that to be mm. like the focus of my time spent with other people. So I felt really strongly that like my job was to like minimize that in that space and kind of tuck it away. But like, it's like very present in my body. It's like here I'm like two feet tall. I, you know, I have a hard time moving. I'm, I'm very much, you know, like, presently knowingly disabled and and there's no mm -hmm. hiding it you know um, are you actually two feet so, tall no no <laughs> I, was, I was like uh, i was like no, whoa but the, I'm, I'm very you, small the, i'm the, the kid the webcam gives you a, at least another three feet <laughs> yeah no no i'm not two feet tall i'm i'm like a little over i'm i'm a little under five foot sure so sure. i'm like roughly like yeah. four ten four eleven so i was always gotcha. just like very you know petite very small yeah. um you know, just didn't, um, it took a long time to just like feel sexual. Like I mm. was going to be viewed as somebody who was sexual, um, or sexually attractive in any kind of way, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of men making a lot of comments in bars about how I looked like a little girl. Right.
Yeah. A lot of that. So, so um, oh yeah. And then, and then, you know, buying you a beer, which is <laughs> awkward. Yeah. Um, Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was just, um, you know, I look back on it and I'm just like, Ugh, how could I feel that way? But it's like, how could I not also, you know, like, yeah. of course, you know, it was so rocky and so, so odd. And, and, um, when those conversations aren't happening, you just don't have any kind of viewpoint that it could be any other way. You made a good point earlier that has been like a super huge takeaway for me in the last, I would say year or so just, you know, Jeremy and I have this podcast and we're not, we're not trained sex educators either. Um, Mm -hmm. we just kind of like to have conversations like this with people. And, uh, and the, the thing that kind of like struck me about, about, um, in your book here, you said something about how access to, you know, access to education and sex education could really help a lot, like prevent a lot of like sexual trauma and sexual abuse because it gives people the tools to like talk, like communicate what's going on and know what's like good and not good and whatever um not whatever but you know what I mean um Mm -hmm. at what age would this have like we're all subject to the sex ed we get from our parents how willing they are to like use the words of our body parts and like their own level of comfort in talking about the body but like at what age would your book this book have like changed things for you Oh, it's a good question. You know, um, I, I mean, I, I do have a, like a personal kind of history around, uh, around sexual trauma and sexual violence. And, and it's hard to like pinpoint an age, I guess, you know? Um, but I, I, I do think that like when, when sex ed is being taught to other, you know, kids, I, I think like middle school age is when, when it definitely should be being talked about. I think that there's maybe even, um, appropriate ways to talk about, I'm hoping that people are having conversations with their children that are a lot younger than that. Um, Mm -hmm. but if we're talking about like consensual sex and, and like learning about your body and things like that, it should be when we're, when we're peaking interest or when we're wondering, I mean, that is the right time to learn what is okay and what is not okay in terms of how other people are handling you and your body. Um, I don't know, you know, it's, I think that the more rigid we are about what information is told to who and when and how the, it's a disservice, you know, I, I don't think that having the information is encouraging any unwanted behavior. I think it's just providing people with an insight to, to understand what's, what's coming for them in their lives. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think when the interest in, is peaked and, and people's bodies are changing and they're experiencing like questions and feelings like, yeah, we should be having these conversations with, with kids. Yeah. This book, I just, I felt like, occurred to me earlier I was like I wish they just like handed this to you at at like orientation of university and then I was like university like this would have been super helpful in high school and then I'm going Mm -hmm. back in my mind and going you know like we got to do something about about that um Mm -hmm. it's such an accessible and enjoyable and like funny read you almost like don't even realize you're learning Mm -hmm. something new you're just like ah 
this is this is another cool part about uh, being a human being that I can like c- c- communicate about and like, mm-hmm. with some, you know, I don't know. There, there's also know. something to be said for comic, like co- like the the art yeah. form of comics are for people who love comics. Um, like you, you know that when you sit down to like read a comic, it it does. It is very. It is a very different experience than sitting down to like to you know bang out a couple of chapters of a book. Like you, you. It really is this like. Um, <clears throat> I equate it to like playing video games, like in in the sense that when I sit down to like really commit to uh, a di- like Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, it just came out. Whatever, we don't have to go into that. But like, like I'm playing this game that like I've been waiting for ten years, and it's like a it's a really deep story-based RPG. And so I know that I'm like going into that world and I'm going to get lost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like be pulled into an environment where I am no longer here. I'm not like you you really are transported. And comic books have that same kind of effect at least for myself. And I I feel like a lot of other people feel that same way, especially people who have never really like people who've never experienced it before picking up a comic for the first time and if it's like if it's something that captures their attention you know like one of my favorite comics of all time is called fables and it's like it's like it's it's such an e- it's such an easy way to just get swept off your feet mm-hmm. and to to retain and like gain whatever the knowledge is that exists within this book in a way that is so different than than anything else it's so unique i really like i just think it's such an effective tool and um, yeah, Brad, like Bridie, you saying that this should just be held like if this was just handed out when I like when I hit grade 10 and it's like, here's your welcome package. Welcome to high school. And this was in it like <laughs> that would be that would yeah. be unbelievably effective. You know, like it, it, that would just be bananas to think of of the effect that that would have if like in Canada, every every kid who hits high school gets this along with their agenda. You know, you know what I mean? Like, that's just a. I, I, and I do. I hope one day that we, you know, we reach a point where something like that exists for, for, for the youth of, for the youth of tomorrow, um, for the for the youth of today, the uh, the for the youth. Um, yeah. But yeah, like it, it's just I do love comics, and and it is it is really like fun. It is a funny and fun read, and there is like you've created this great little world, you know all the characters in it. Um, they really are wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Comics, uh, I think are like the coolest in that regard. I, I, I think like for me, the ability to approach the hard topics is, Mm. is like incredible with comics. You know, you're, you're brought into a world it's inviting, it's comfortable. Um, it can be information can be shared a little bit more casually, you know, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be this like stiff, like stuck in a room, kind of having this conversation with your PE teacher that feels very uncomfortable. <laughs> right. Um, you know, um, and I, you know, I certainly think, I think the book, um, goes into like sexual pleasure to a degree that I think for like teens and beyond it's the most appropriate you know I I certainly don't think it's a book for like young kids which I think sometimes people see comics and think like oh this will be fine for like sure (laughs) yeah you know certainly there's like um there are elements to it but but I think you know at its at its root uh, the goal was just to have it be so as visible as possible you know I 
I want people to be like seen if I'm telling you that like your body is nothing to be ashamed of and and nothing to like hide away then I want Mm. you to like know that it's fine to like not only talk about you but to talk with you you know Mm. um and I think for disabled folks like people are always talking about us you know I don't want to read another like academic textbook about like my chronic pain and whatever you know like I I really want something that's like hey you kid you know like that's like Mm. right directly at me and just talking to me like doesn't this suck sometimes you know like I I don't Mm. I don't want the you know the the narrative that's like they can actually do it I want something that's just like oh you're having a hard time with this thing we should chat about it Mm. you know Mm -hmm. How much, um, speaking of comics and, and art and writing, um, how much of, how much of, because uh, cause you illustrate this and, and write it, right? Like you're, you're both mm-hmm. the writer and illustrator. So mm-hmm. how much of writing slash illustration has, how much of those things, ha- um, Jesus Christ, my, I, I, I I'm like literally just having a <laughs> little mini stroke here. A a pause. Um, uh, how has your art and your writing played a role in your life in terms of like a, a, a therapy or has it, you know, is, is there a therapeutic aspect to, to, to creating uh, the art that you create? Oh God. Yeah. Um, my background's in art therapy. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Um, sweet. Yeah. Uh, I started writing and and drawing comics and like actually putting them out. Um, Well, I I started writing and drawing them kind of as a kid, you know, like I've always drawn, but um, I started putting them out there and like writing like actual stories and narratives, particularly about myself because of Mm. a lot of the things that I asked of clients in my position. You know, I'm asking you to share your vulnerabilities. I'm asking you to like, trust an artistic process to like help you work through a moment in time or work through a theme or work through whatever. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a power in, in working with someone else through that, but then there's also like something to be said about like doing it yourself and like walking the walk of what you're asking other people to do. Mm. Um, and so like, I really wanted to like kind of explore that, like vulnerable space for myself, I think, you know? Um, and, and I think for me, it's, it's been really therapeutic because it's, it feels like, <clears throat> I don't know. It feels like, it feels like, uh, when you finally let out a secret that you never had to keep, you know, like mm. where you're just like finally breathing and you're like, it becomes okay. The second that you say that it's okay, you know, like the second that you say out loud that it's like, happening like this is my life and I think it's fine and other people are like yeah and then you're just like oh okay (laughs) like yeah right um you know and and so I think that there's been a real power in being able to talk about like my experiences and like put that somewhere um Mm. that's really done a lot for me especially I think having having this kind of background in a lot of like ableist views about myself um moving into a point when I'm now like in my thirties and I can look at all of the messaging that I was taught and, and work towards like teaching myself better messages, but also helping people to know maybe a little bit sooner that there are, Mm. that there are better things out there. 
for them to be absorbing about themselves. Do you, do you think that like, if, like if you, if you didn't have this background in <clears throat> art therapy, do you, do you think you still would have, I mean, this is like such hypothetical and, and speculation, but like, do you think you still would have found yourself in this at this point where you're creating educational comics like this that also kind of tie into your own well-being and your own therapy and your own voice? I don't know. I don't know in terms of like creating, you know, like what where I would be in my like life trajectory of what I was making. I know that I would be creating. Um, Mm. I don't know theme wise. I do think that like personally and within my own identity, I, I have a lot of faith that I would have gotten to this point anyway, uh, regardless. There's like so much content out in the world now. And there's so many like activists and advocates and people doing this kind of work that it's like, you know, I'm, I'm ultimately a fly on the wall too. You know, like I'm, I'm like one tiny book in a world and a sea of, of, content that's being created so i do think that like on a personal level i would have gotten here um in my own process and navigating things but creativity wise i you know i think that a lot of my path was really dependent on the step that i took before so i think that art therapy really built a lot of that into me at least the focus for sure Mm -hmm. i noticed that you have a on your website a couple of other projects that you started this year is that is that the case oh yeah i'm always i love to start projects (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's the last 30 percent that kills me um (laughs) yeah i uh they're going along fairly sluggishly but i've been trying to write some kind of like fictionalized um like shorts i guess um, and then I've worked on a few different projects. I'm, I'm working on one with the Minnesota Department of Health, which isn't on the website yet, but it's uh, for COVID information for, cool. for queer folks and like at-risk communities. Um, and so that's, that's kind of coming out soon. And then I did a project with, the, the, with Visual Aids New York City, and we did... Um, uh, I worked with my friend Jay to do like a, a story on uh, HIV care and and just kind of the inequity in in finding like a an easy, nice, neat solution to to HIV care. Cool, very cool. I, what uh, do you mind telling? <clears throat> excuse me. Do you mind telling our listeners where they can find you or they can? where they can kind of keep up to date with the, the cool shit that you're up to? Yeah. Um, so my, my website is, Hey, like, hello, Hey, Andrews, um, dot com. And that kind of has, you know, like contact information. It's got little blurbs and about me's and information on buying the book and different things like that. Um, I'm also on social media, um, talking shit um <laughs> uh i could i can be found on twitter and instagram primarily um and my username is underscore an a n ghost sweet hey this has been uh, a real treat and pleasure to be able to sit down and shoot the shit with you and to hear about 
uh, your art and where it comes from and how it plays a role in your life. And uh, I want to just say on behalf of myself, and I'll speak for you, Bridie, and <laughs> I'll speak on behalf of all of our listeners. Uh, this has been really fun. So thank you so, so much. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Okie dokie, there we go. That was our conversation with A. Andrews, and uh, it was mm-hmm. great. Loved it. Yeah, it was, I, I really enjoyed that conversation a lot. I I um, I wanted to just direct people again to their website, Hey Andrew. Hey, hey Andrews. Andrews. That's dot com. H-E-Y Andrews.com. Yeah, go check it out. You can see their uh, their artwork, um, their projects, and yeah, yeah, lots of great stuff. <clears throat> if you love comic books, you'll definitely definitely worth uh, checking out. Uh, cool. I, re- I don't know why, but I was really, I just, I was really surprised at how sexy this book was. I've been reading, I've been getting a lot of um, a lot of books in the mail lately from people who are mm. going to maybe be on the show and so i've been reading i got one that i'm super excited about for an upcoming guest um oh yeah their recent book called it it's it's called justin it's called tell me what you want by justin lee miller um that's the one i'm reading this week but back to a andrew's book i was like a lot of the books are very sexy and i think i was expecting this one to be like more of a manual but it it actually <clears throat> stimulated the same sort of Mm, that's fun. Response. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. And also yeah. you learn, you learn about, uh, again, we were talking about it earlier. You learn about differently abled bodies and how differently mm-hmm. abled bodies are no different than you and I. Uh, we all, we all crave the same things and we all, we all enjoy pleasure and just, yeah. just sometimes looks a little different for some folks. Um, cool. Well, thank you for tuning in again. If you know what the fuck's going on with your gasms, hit us up. Turn me on podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear it. If you want to apply to be on the show, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. If you want to send in a brain boner, turn me on podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to watch our four play segments, you can check it out at patreon.com slash turn me on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, baby. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That is it for this week. <laughs> Until next week. We love you. And <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs>
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.